Hello, everyone. I am Amber Irwin. And I'm Caitlin McDonald, and we're here with the Social Speak Network. And in today's video recording and podcast, we're going to be diving into some of the top questions that our clients and the folks that we've been chatting with have been asking and really wanting clarification on. Yeah, so let's dive into the questions that we have received this month, Caitlin. Great. So the first question is, why is it so important to do a social media audit and get rid of old accounts? Yeah, so we have talked about these social media audit, audits at least 10 times this year because it's one of those things where you may have old Pinterest accounts or Instagram accounts. You may have for Facebook pages. And when people are searching for you, it can get confusing. You really want to make sure that you're going through each social media platform, making sure that you have a very clear guide on what it is you're doing. So for Facebook, you want to make sure you have one Facebook page for your company. You want, if you're doing a group that you have one group, if you have another page for something else, that's okay. As long as you don't have two Facebook pages for your business. Same thing with Instagram. You may have a personal account and a business account, but if you have three different logins for Instagram, we need to clean that up. You may have an old Pinterest account. So going through each platform, making sure that your content is updated, because a lot of times throughout the year, our, our mission changes. Maybe our services change, our website gets updated, phone numbers change. If you don't change those things on your social media platforms, you are potentially missing out on new, new patients or new clients. And I mean, another thing with that too, is it just makes it so much easier to be able to post content and engage with folks online if you only have one account to manage. And then people know where to ask those questions and where to interact with you. Exactly, exactly. So let's go into our next question, Caitlin. Does blogging help your SEO? How do you find those keyword and phrases to blog about? And how long should a blog actually be? Yeah, what great question. So uh, blogging still is a very integral part of the SEO strategy. And we are expecting to see some changes moving into 2021 in terms of what Google is recognizing as a powerful blog post and piece of content that they want to showcase in the search results. Um, it used to be even you know earlier this year that we would say longer is better for blog posts. Now, however, we're actually taking a different tune and we want your blog post to be focused on a single question or a single concern and answer that question or concern. We're seeing a lot of search traffic change from people typing in questions to asking Siri a question. Um, and so you want to answer that question within the first two sentences in your blog post. If it's a question that requires a 10,000 word answer in order to answer it correctly and provide enough meaningful content that the person understands exactly what they, they were searching for, then go ahead and write a 10,000 word answer. If it's something that just needs 500 words to answer it, just take 500 words to answer that question. Um, and one of the reasons why we're seeing the shift again is because of 
the prevalence of mobile. Um, and so it, people are on the go, they want to find their answer. And if they're really interested in, in diving in deep, they'll want that longer answer. So Google is turning to focus more on user experience. Um, and so that's one of the ways that, that we're really seeing that user experience. Uh, this relates to the, the keywords that you want to talk about as well, the keywords and topics. And with these topics, you can use a lot of different tools. One of our favorites is Neil Patel's free tool. Uh, they do have a paid platform as well, but it's Uber Suggest, and we have talked about this in the past. But we do all of our keyword research starting there. Um, but I guess, I guess the first step is really understanding who your client is and who your patients are and knowing what questions they typically are asking you. Uh, so you want to start with your patients and your target market, your clients, uh, and then from there move into um, Uber suggests to see what other keywords and phrases and questions and comparisons people are, are searching for. <laughs> now, one other thing, Caitlin, that uh, Neil Patel had said on his um, podcast like a few weeks ago was using Google to find those questions. So, you know, you can use the, the tool, but then also going to Google and start typing in that question. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what comes up. I mean, those, that's, those are our blog topics right there that people are already searching for, right? Yes, absolutely. And in this part, we're not necessarily talking about Pinterest, but you can do the same thing on Pinterest. Pinterest is one of the top search engines now. Uh, we view it more as a search engine than a social media network. So especially if you have an online course or you can work with clients all over the place, use Pinterest and see what people are searching for or what topics come up when you start typing into the search bar uh, and write content around that, do videos around that. Um, and you'll know that you're writing on topics people are searching for. Love it. Great. Well, our next question goes back to social media. Uh, Amber, why is it important to mix up your social media content? Well, one reason is you're doing all this blogging on different topics. We need to get it out there and share it. It's, you know, when it comes to your social media content, you really want to have a good variety of posts because you want to make sure that you are educating your viewers and educating them in a few different ways. Your blog post, whether it is a 500 word blog or a 10,000 word blog, those can be turned into multiple different social media posts. So you can use, you know, you can say, hey, we have a new blog out and you can use the blog topic or title and the link and that can be one post. You can use, then create, you know, a social media post on the second paragraph. On the, you know, each paragraph can be its own post. So utilizing those blog posts, but then also you wanna make sure that you are doing curated content. So looking at the resources that, you know, for us, we look a lot at Social Media Examiner, Social Media Today, because they are always staying on top of the trends and changes in the social media industry. We mentioned Neil Patel. There's a lot of industry leaders that we look to and we are always sharing things that they have written. That's important because 
we're not saying that, you know, we're not taking that content and saying it's ours, but we're sharing it so our audience can learn from it. And so it's really important to have a variety of videos, images, testimonials. And we've done a lot on that content calendar. And we've talked a lot in our blogs about different types of content you can create. And so having that variety is really important because it just keeps you, keeps your audience engaged with you. Mm -hmm. Now, something that you mentioned there, I'm just going to bring up user experience again. A lot of the content that we recommend sharing from other sources is really to help empower the people who are following you to go ahead and make a change in their life or make a change in their business. So we're sharing these posts because we know you can make a difference with your own marketing. Um, and so you might as well see, see the data and the tips from those original sources as well, um, just because they can really help you. Exactly. Uh, and so we do that with all of our clients. Um, if there's a diet tip or an exercise tip, share it. And you don't have to create the content yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and that's um, another thing is that, that user generated content. So again, if you are, if you see something on your Facebook page or your Instagram account from a follower, be sure to share it and give credit where it's due. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wanted to bring up real quick with kind of that content length um, on posts, because it's interesting. And this, it really is all, it comes down to that trial and error because we've seen clients that have written, used all 3000 characters on Instagram and they are getting likes and engagement and comments. And that's where people are going because they just, they don't want to have to go from here to somewhere else, it's on their phone. They're able to peruse through, read the whole article, where sometimes with Facebook, shorter content may be easier for them to click to a link to read an article. So trying out different lengths on your social media content is really important as well. Yeah. Well, and also different lengths of videos too. Exactly. You might find a little 15 second story is going to get a lot of impact or a 15 minute presentation might yep. end up getting more engagement or at least the people who end up clicking through to, to follow up are more likely to convert and become a customer or client. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing, you know, tagging along on this, this length topic, um, we're seeing more people even in email marketing providing full articles with graphs and pictures and stuff within the email newsletter. So it's uh, not just doing a summary of the blog post, but actually putting all of the content in there because the person who's going to open up based on the subject line, again, they're going to want to have that user experience where they find all of the content right there. So just something to play around with as you're creating all of the content, social media, newsletter, blogging, uh, really focus on what you are providing to your clients. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and that um, kind of goes into our, our next question, um, digital marketing tools. One thing I wanted to bring up real quick, Caitlin, was so being able to, as, as people are creating their content and writing these things, it really comes down to what works best for their business. So what are some tools that we use for digital marketing to, to monitor what's working and what's not working on the analytics side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So we lean heavily on Google's suite of tools. Um, so we utilize Google Analytics. There are a lot of paid analytics tools out there. 
But for most businesses, you're going to be able to learn a lot just by looking at um, what sources are directing traffic to your website. Is it social media? What social media channel? Is it Google? Is it Bing? Um, is it your ads? And then what they're doing once they get to your site. If consistently you're finding the bounce rate decreasing uh, and the number of pages people are viewing increasing, then you are on the right track. Um, let's say you even have a month or two where the traffic decreases, but those people who are getting to your site are engaging more. I'd much rather have those individuals come to your website than a whole bunch of people who get there and then immediately leave. Um, so we, we utilize um, Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager helps us with conversion tracking, um, the Keyword Finder, <laughs> using just regular Google searches. Um, so we, we enjoy using Google as well as um, Uber Suggest to do that keyword research and to monitor how many backlinks are coming in and things like that. Um, now, what about social media? What, what types of tools do we utilize to, to manage the marketing side? Yeah, there's, and this, you know, that's kind of the fun thing with digital marketing is there's so many different tools that, that you can use. And, and again, a lot of it comes down to personal preference, which things that you like, you know, what tool speaks your language, which one is easier for you to use. So the, our, one of the, the tools we use on a daily basis is Canva and we create all of our images through there for our website design, our social media posts. Um, we've done a lot with Canva. That's something, yeah, a daily, a daily to do is, is in Canva. Um, for Pinterest, now, real fast with Canva, yeah. um, just if you do have somebody on your team who utilizes Photoshop or yeah. um, one of those other programs, that's absolutely fine. What we found with our team is um, oftentimes I might create a photo on Photoshop and then Amber has to then ask me, Caitlin, how, where, where did you create this file? What font did you use? How can I resize it for the different social media networks? That. Canva, and we have links all over the place for Canva tutorials and stuff like that. But Canva allows you with a click of a button to resize something for YouTube, for Twitter, for um, Instagram, for Facebook. So we do recommend trying to switch your team over to utilizing Canva. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. As a team, it's much easier. Yes. Um, a couple other little tools we use for Pinterest, we use Tailwind. And this is a great tool to really step up your Pinterest game. You can schedule, I think right now in, in, our, in our inbox, Caitlin, um, to be scheduled out, we have 178 pins to be scheduled out. And it takes care of, it monitors when people are viewing your Pinterest account, so the days, the times, and then it puts those pins up there automatically for you. So you just have to go in, upload all the pins you want from your blogs. You can also link it to your Instagram account. So you can pin all of your Instagram posts, which is awesome. And then it also allows you to repin. So Pinterest, it's important to have that original content on there because it does drive traffic to your website, but then also to be repinning, again, industry specific resources. And so that's, so Tailwind's a great tool. Um, for our social media posting, our personal preference is Hootsuite. I love Hootsuite. It schedules and posts to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, which is great. We've also used Buffer. We've used Later. Um, 
there's a ton of them out there. Mm -hmm. So it's really just kind of looking at all of them and saying which one is the best for, for you and your team to use and which one do you like that is organized. Some people use Trello, which is just, you know, organizing your content, which is great. And then you're taking your content from there to a scheduling tool. So it really just depends on what works best for your team. But we have found that utilizing Hootsuite really works nice for our social media posting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So we've talked a lot about, you know, social media and kind of that organic piece of it. Caitlin, we've had Facebook ads have come up a lot lately and a lot of our clients have tried Facebook ads before and they weren't successful. Why do you feel it? Why do you feel it's so important that you have Facebook ads running? Yeah, so we still feel that Facebook ads are incredibly important for your business. Um, And there's a whole bunch of reasons why, but really you're able to target your target market and show them an offer that's gonna make a difference in their life. Um, And that's what it comes down to. So rather than Google where you are, and don't get me wrong, we, we use Google all the time as well, but unlike Google ads, where you have a specific search term that somebody's looking for, Facebook allows you to really get both that brand experience as well as a conversion experience. Um, And Google does as well, but that's not this question. (laughs) Um, And so some of the things that we hear our clients asking about is, you know, I've just tried creating ads and they aren't converting. I'm trying to get lots of people to the website, but they aren't doing what I, I want them to do. So there are some things to make sure that you are setting up and doing, which um, include taking a look at the the audience, um, utilizing Facebook's conversion uh, campaigns rather than just sending anybody to the website, um, testing out different types of copy in your ad itself. Um, We always recommend having ads that are very long, even thousands of words, um, and then also very short, just to see what types of things people are responding to. Typically, the first ad that we show somebody is going to be much longer content, and we're going to send them to a landing page just with a a simple download uh, after they enter in their name and email address. After that, then we can remarket to them with shorter content, and that shorter content allows us to... um, Just make sure that they get that name recognition and maybe they don't even have to enter their name and email address again in order to gain access to whatever it is. Or we could do a short uh, piece of text, but a longer video or a long text and long video. So there's a lot of different things that you have to consistently test, but view the audience that you're showing these ads to in a couple of different buckets. People who have never met you before and are gonna need some brand exposure before they're ready to really work with you and sign up with you. Then there are people who have been on your list a while, have been following your accounts, have been to your website. They just need to continually be nudged and have that name recognition as they learn to to know, like, and trust you. Um, And so we do feel as though Facebook ads are still incredibly important to include within your marketing strategy. Um, You just have to make sure that you are very clear about what your goals are for every specific ad. 
Uh, and once you know what those goals are, then you can better understand what type of campaign you should set up as well as how to track their, their effectiveness. Totally. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, um, those remarketing ads, you know, you go to Amazon and you're searching something and all of a sudden you're on Facebook and you say, fine, I'll buy it. But it's the same thing with a business, you know, people that go to your website or have clicked onto something, but didn't follow through with that purchasing, then yeah, it's those remarketing ads are great to show up. And like you said, build that no like, and trust factor. And another piece of the Facebook ads is those boosted posts. And although they, they don't have the same effectiveness as a Facebook ad campaign, but those really do help build your likes and be able to show up in new people's news feeds too. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. So we do integrate, you know, in boosting a post alongside of our conversion campaigns. Um, and typically with the boosting a post, we are focusing on people who have liked the page or people who have visited the website. Again, just to make sure that they are, are growing in their engagement with, with your company. Awesome. Yeah. Well, those are our questions for this month's podcast. Every month we are going to be doing a Q&A session. So if there's questions that you have that you have not been able to find the answer to, send them on over to us through our website, socialspeaknetwork.com under the contact us. There's also, if you have questions, you want to pick our, our brain on how to do some of this stuff or, um, creating that plan for your business, you can also schedule a free 30-minute consultation. Thank you, everyone. And of course, be sure to follow us on YouTube and Podbean or iTunes. Awesome. Thank you.